This is Emily. And this is Sarah. And this is Sisters Take a Side on Amanda Riley. It's Sisters Take a Side After Dark. Ooh, a spicy After Dark app. Yes, and by After Dark, I mean it's 6.52 p.m. <laughs> it's 6.52 p.m., and Emily and I both are ready to take a nap. Like, a sleep So nap. ready. So ready. But we're here. Ready. We're ready to go. I do just have to say, Sarah, I have to, like, take a moment here. And maybe I'll cut this out later because the people don't care. But, okay. Sarah, we just recorded our first ad for our Oh, podcast. my God. <laughs> I know. So, you guys, you're going to hear an ad in this app. Yes. Um, we're, like, legit now. Sorry, not sorry. I know. And, guys, I know. it. Like, I get it. It's, like, cheesy and, like, kind of corny. Like, I don't like listening to ads and podcasts either. I get it. But it would seriously mean the world to us if you, you know, supported the people we're doing ad reads for. I mean, that's just, like, it's so cool to us that we're getting to do this. And, yeah, it would mean the world to us if you guys continue to listen and love up on the show because it just makes all the difference in the world. So I just had to take a moment to be like, yeah, Sarah, so glad this you is did. crazy. Someone asked us to record an ad. <laughs> I know. I, like, I'm glad you did because it is going to be kind of a little bit of a change for yes. all of our loyalist listeners out there. Um, it is going to be a little bit of a change, but... It just means that through all of your love and support, we've actually like done something with this like crazy idea we had. I know. And that means a lot to us. So thanks, guys. Thanks, y'all. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, besides all of that, if you also want to support the show, Sarah, how else can you do that? Um, well, Emily, you could send us an email at sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com. Um, yes, ma'am. Or you could find us on Instagram and send us a lovely DM at sisters take aside underscore podcast. Indeed. Um, you know, also show us some love on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you're listening to this five-star review. Love that. Ooh, yeah. Um, still hung up on the four-star review we got from an unknown person. Yeah. Show yourself please. Um, yeah. So, okay, cool. Well, Sarah, okay. what are we doing today? Okay. Oh, she's mad. You're doing, she's I'm not happy. So you guys, like, I couldn't even like get all the way through my notes because like this, this makes me so angry. So we are discussing yeah. Amanda C. Riley today. Um, it's actually a fairly recently resolved case. Um, yes. I think the indictment came in 2020, and then um. Like, everything sort of wrapped up, like, within the last year or so. So, um, I am going to give a trigger warning at the top. Um, we – so, this this deals with um, – there's a lot of cancer involved in this case. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that um, we have been – you know, our family has been impacted by cancer. We um, have loved ones who have been impacted at – I know that this touches a lot of people, so I do want to be sensitive to that. I understand this is a tough topic, especially what we're going to get into. So just take care. Know that we are just as many as you are. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I also want to say, and this might just be something like that just bothers me, although I've heard like other moms say this too, trigger warning for that this involves the serious illness of like a young mother. 
Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. For me, like, it's always really hard to read and hear about, like, a woman with very young children, like, babies getting sick. So I just – like, I didn't I didn't listen to Scamanda, the podcast, for a long time because of that. Because I was like, oh, God, I don't want to hear about a woman who just had a baby and gets cancer. Um, So I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, yeah. So – Great point. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Amanda C. Riley, um, I plug them a little bit later on, but um, there is a phenomenal podcast that is produced by Lionsgate, and it is called Scamanda. Um, yes, it's really Guys, good. Go listen to um, it. Yeah, it, it's really like, good. They they will do a much better job covering this. Um, their format is just different. They will do a much better job covering this than. Um, you know, like in detail than I think we will. I'm, we're, I'm going to hit on some Sarah, of the, the parts, but. Sarah, shut up. We have ads now. Okay. You got to get oh, people yes. listening. <laughs> Sorry. No, I mean, we're going to, we're going to do it our way. Like we're going to, yes, we're, we're going to take some it. sides here. So, um, all right. So like, I guess with that, so let's go back to 2012. Christian yes. blogger and mother Amanda C. Riley starts a blog titled Lymphoma Can Suck It. Also get a better pod, like just get another name. Anyway, her blog, which featured a bright and shiny donate now button and her social media speaking engagements and the stage of her megachurch all provided Amanda with a platform to chronicle in extreme detail, her cancer battle. See, Amanda was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in her late twenties, and she had documented her heartbreaks and triumphs against the disease everywhere she could in an effort, she said, to inspire others who are going through their own journey. And inspire she did. Through word of mouth Mm. fundraising for the bubbly, charismatic, God-loving mother from San Jose, California, resulted in donations absolutely pouring in by the tens of thousands of dollars to help Mm. cover her self-reported extensive medical treatments. And it wasn't just monetary donations. People offered to help babysit, donated gift cards, meals, concert tickets, travel vouchers, and countless credit card points to use towards flights out to New York where Amanda's cancer treatments were given, despite the fact that she lived in Stanford's backyard. Amanda was a celebrity at her megachurch, Family Community Church, and they regularly held fundraisers and dollar offering events where Amanda and her family would walk away with massive sums of cash and checks from those eager to assist the family. More than that, churchgoers would celebrate all of her remissions, yes, there are multiple, as miracles and then pray for the young mom and with each awful relapse. Amanda seemingly had everything that she had wanted, the perfect family that she and her husband, Corey, fought extensively for in court, the love and support of friends, family, internet strangers, cancer foundations, and even celebrities. But in 2015, an anonymous tip submitted to investigative journalist Nancy Moscatello was about to expose the one thing Amanda definitely did not have, which is cancer. So- I know. I have I have to know. How long have you been writing that intro, girl? That was good. But way too long. <laughs> I was writing it from like F1 of Scamanda. <laughs> so let's start with Amanda and her husband, Corey. Let's get into it. I, so, and I have some thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, our guy, Corey. Let me. Uh, wolf. Yeah. Wolf. Okay. Exactly. 
Whoa, my mic just oh. toppled over because it knows I'm so angry. Okay. Because it knows it's not prepared for the this heat. This mic is like, to... I'm not ready for this. So <laughs> Amanda and Corey, how did they meet? You may be asking yourself. Well, Corey, who is 12 years Amanda's senior, was actually married prior to hitching his wagon to Amanda. Amanda okay. This, this, is, this is okay. I mean, fine. Amanda, <laughs> a 17-year-old college student at the time, was first introduced to the family as a cheerleading coach, teaching Corey and his then-wife, Aletta. Aletta? I think that's how you pronounce it. Alita? Alita? Maybe it's Alita. I think you're right. So yeah, his then-wife, Yeah, his then-wife, Alita's eldest daughter, Jamie. So Jamie and Amanda became really good friends. Amanda was often referred to as a big sister for Jamie and her stepsister, Corey, and Alita's biological daughter, Jessa. So the way it works, so... Aleta, Alita, oh, I'm going to do this. Is it Aleta? Oh gosh, I think it's I Alita. Um, so Alita was married prior to getting married to Corey, and she had a mm-hmm. daughter, Jamie. Um, then when Corey and Alita got married, they had a daughter together, and her name is Jessa. Mm-hmm. She will come back. Um, so, um, yeah, Amanda is often referred to as sort of like a big sister for the two. So right. Amanda. Yeah, so she gets really close with this family. So close, in fact, that when Corey and Alita divorced in 2007, Amanda just slid in those DMs My and became, <laughs> began a relationship with Corey, who she ultimately ends up marrying in 2011. It's not great. It's not Can great. you believe that? Well, so let me, so, and, and you might get to this later, so stop me if you are, but I do think it's worth pointing out, um, Corey and Alita, well, I guess Alita's oldest daughter, daughter, Jamie, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Corey's stepdaughter had childhood cancer. She did. So, yes. and stop, do you want me to, are, are you talking no, about this later? Stop me. Okay. So she had very serious cancer. And the reason why Amanda was brought into the family was to provide like a cheerleading class to Jamie, who was too sick to go to school. So yeah. I just find that fascinating. Like this is someone, Amanda is someone who saw cancer up close and personal and like and a child just, it was a thing like not just cancer but like guys we're talking about like a kid with cancer like yeah. it makes my blood run cold just think about it but i also think it's interesting because when right like no spoilers but like all of this happens right when mm-hmm. amanda does what she does and her husband Corey, again like had a mm-hmm. stepchild with cancer how do you and okay now I need to just stop because how do you do that to someone that right. had a daughter with cancer? Right. Yeah. I mean, like, so like Amanda was up close. She was brought in because the so Jamie, you're right. Like Jamie couldn't go to school. She couldn't go to right. gyms. Like she was immunocompromised as someone yeah. with cancer is. Right. So yeah. I mean, like, so she was she was seeing this. As a teenager, you know, like a teenager herself, a child herself, like, right, ugh. yeah. So, okay, so Amanda and Corey get married in 2011. I yes. will say that, like, that's a respectable amount of time, right? Corey gets divorced in 2007. They get married in 2011. Like, I'll give them that. Fine, but like, they, Corey and Amanda, were like together pretty soon after. Like, I think it. I think I read somewhere it was like 
within a year of him getting divorced. They were like dating. Mm. Yeah. Because in 2010, Amanda and Corey meet this couple like in their neighborhood. They Mm -hmm. have Jessa in school and they meet Lisa and Scott. We're just, we're going to call them Lisa and Scott. Okay. Wait, wait, and is, did you just make those names up or are those, those no names? that's their actual names okay. i just don't know their last names so lisa okay. and scott so they're in, they're a little bit older than um than amanda geez i don't know if anyone's older than Corey she's, at this point she's like 18 we yeah exactly so um they meet this this couple they're they have um lisa and scott have a daughter that is in jessa's class um at school so jessa right now is currently Corinne and uh, and Alita have joint custody of Jessa. Okay. F- for the time being. Now, Amanda and Corey are going to drag Alita through court for years in it's like disgusting this, what they do to her. Disgusting. Oh my god. It is a brutal custody battle over yeah. this this child. But for the time being <clears throat> before 2011, now this is like 2010. They're hanging out with Lisa and Scott, like cool they have this there's this big birthday party for Lisa and Amanda's like oh like i'm really not feeling well like i have mm-hmm. cancer don't you remember right yeah. so amanda is already starting this whole like i have cancer thing in 20, right. 2010 just to remember that because it, th- that date will come back so at this birthday party Corey is like smoking cigars with the guys and he's like i just really need to get something off my chest and the guys are like, oh my God, like bro moment. Like tell us everything. What's going on? And he tells them, well, Amanda has stage four cancer. She's terminal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So this is in 2010. So just keep that in mind. In 2010, they're telling people she has cancer and like she's dying. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. let's go back to – this custody battle. So, like I said, it was absolutely brutal. Um, they were in and out of court constantly with Alita and Jessa and Corey and Amanda. Corey and Amanda eventually, finally, at some point, it's not very clear in the timeline, but at some point, they finally are able to convince a court to give them full custody of Jessa after wow. falsely claiming, yeah, that Alita was a bad mom. Oh, God. It's in the middle of all of this. So so now we're in like 2012. Okay. It's in the middle of all of this at Amanda's now defunct blog. You can go back and find some posts. But it's now at this point that Amanda's blog starts. Remember lymphoma okay. can suck it? Yes. <laughs> Terrible. So stupid. Really horrible. In her first post, again, in 2012, mm-hmm. Amanda details that she was just diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. And how the doctors had diagnosed her shortly after the birth of her first son, Carter. Now, remember back in 2010 when they told Lisa and Scott? Yeah. That she, yeah. Right? Right. So but now from, two years later, she's saying. She's not only saying, I was just diagnosed. She's also saying, I got pregnant. Right. Now, someone in who is, by all accounts, terminal. Right. Undergoing all of the treatments that she would have been undergoing at that point. Remember, I'm too sick. I'm so sick. Like, I can't yeah. make it. Right? Now, all of a sudden, she's pregnant? Okay. I will say, people can get pregnant and ha- with cancer. Um, 
but hashtag not a doctor you cannot do chemo while pregnant i would say she also told the doctors wouldn't even let me eat like bread while i was pregnant right that you're doing chemo so she also told lisa that the pregnancy was reversing her disease her cancer it was reversing her cancer i mean again as someone who was miserably not not a doctor but come on for a long time let me just say i mean i don't know i don't know if that's medically possible i mean lisa had a lot of questions it's at this point that lisa's like okay i'm pretty sure you're full of shit yeah uh, yeah (laughs) but on her blog she talks about how she was diagnosed shortly after the birth of her first son and she details how the doctors assumed that her pregnancy had masked typical cancer markers. So that can happen. Yes. That can happen. I have heard of that happening. And like breastfeeding too can sometimes yes. mask signs so This of is now story two that she's telling. I mean, yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate. We're fine. Again, this just makes me so angry. I know. You're so mad. So she asks for prayers, support, and love, all of, you know, all these things. But not too long after, in the spring of 2013, Amanda announces on her blog that she was in remission. Like, great news. Okay, love this. But then, just a few months later, she posted that the cancer had returned with a vengeance. Mm -hmm. At the same time, she announced that she was pregnant again with a miracle baby, their second son, Connor. Um, Now... mm -hmm. Amanda posted this time that due to her pregnancy, she would stop all chemo treatments until her son was born. An act that, to the public, made her extremely courageous and brave and, like, all of those things, right? Yeah. Right. Well, just, like, little little side note here. Over the course of three years, Amanda will go into remission and have her cancer come back three different times. It's a lot. That's a lot. Well, and especially, and again, gosh, we're dumb. We're not doctors, but like, isn't remission, don't you have to be cancer free for a certain number of years to declare that you're in remission? Yeah. I mean, uh, and I should have looked that up. I I didn't. um, And maybe it depends on the kind of cancer. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. Again, like I have a close friend who went through cancer and she has been cancer free thank God for three years now, but she's not allowed. She can't, she's not in remission until she's been five years cancer free. So I I don't know. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so, um, yeah. So like Amanda is doing all of this on her blog, right? She would post photos of herself in hospitals, undergoing procedures. She shaved her head at one point to preempt hair loss. She said from chemo treatments, Amanda Mm. had grown such a following that on her blog, by September 13th, there was a link on her site where people could donate to assist with the insane costs of treatments. Yes. This makes sense because in November, Corey and Amanda will file for bankruptcy, claiming that the expenses of Amanda's diagnosis had financially ruined them. Wow. So remember that following I talked about? Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda had gained so much notoriety at this point that people were literally begging her essentially to take their money, which yeah. she did happily. The American Cancer Society featured her in their ad campaigns. Country music stars were literally giving away signed autograph guitars in support of Amanda's cause. And I want you to do a quick Google search. Just Google hashtag Team Amanda. Okay. Let's see. Tell me what you find. 
Oh, wow. Uh, wow. I mean, she's very cute. Um, I mean, I, I see a ton of stuff. I mean, I, I see a lot of stuff about like her eventual demise. Demise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there is tons of social media stuff. I'm seeing, I'm seeing pictures of her with celebrities. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing t-shirts and wristbands and, oh, God, a tattoo. Wow. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels like a lot. Um, yeah. She really... Would you, if you were immunocompromised, would you go get a tattoo? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> um, I would not, <laughs> yeah. per se. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what we're dealing with here. Amanda was so charming and convincing and charismatic. She did all of these like, you know, big things at the church, like these big, like fundraisers with like smoke machines and lights and like, I love it. It's like, (sighs) Amanda had convinced people to pay for trips to New York again, Mm -hmm. because she had to go to New York for her treatments and she would happily take free Broadway tickets to enjoy a show after a grueling and intense day of chemo treatments. Okay. So she was a regular, like I mentioned, at this mega church, family community church, which attracted mm-hmm. thousands of worshipers at each service. So Amanda naturally turned to her pastor for help, and he arranged several dollar offerings, which basically was like, you know, instead of like, giving your tithings to the church, like mm-hmm. donate to the Riley family. Right. She would parade like her kids up on stage with her, her husband. Um, you know, she's quoted as saying like, I'm so thankful for the cancer because it's shown me like all of Ew. this love and support. It's like, like who says that? <laughs> someone I, who, like, someone who doesn't really have cancer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> A friend of Amanda's who she met through this church has come out like since all of this happened and said that she was so taken with Amanda's courageous story that she and several other parishioners who couldn't afford to give monetarily started giving blood to help other lymphoma patients. So much so that one year she was told she'd maxed out on donations. Jesus. Like all because sweet, charming Amanda said that she had cancer and she shaved her head. Now, I'm going to pause here, Emily. <sighs> what do you think about this so far? Like, like <sighs> all of this grandstanding and like putting yourself out there and asking for money and okay. all of this. So here's the thing. And you know this, but for the listeners, Tom has a complex medical condition. And if you guys are right. hearing this, it's because I've asked him for his permission to share that he will live with for the rest of his life and often result in extremely expensive treatments and treatments that he has to travel for to get the best care. Right. So like a lot of this stuff that I think that people are like, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. In a way I understand, right? Like I understand sometimes that a medical condition can result in this. I mean, we have, I mean, we've never gone like publicly asking people for money, but like we've gone to family, you know, we've gone to family asking for help with medical bills. And so I don't think I'm as dubious as like most people would be because I have lived in this medical system that Mm -hmm. can absolutely like fucking rake you through the cold. 
holes. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, I get it in that sense. What I have just so many questions about, I have to, because, and you touched on this briefly, but just to say a little more about it, like Amanda goes on and on about like, she goes to the hospital. She has a picture of her with an IV. She has, she's talking in depth about the medicine she's on. There's even occasions where she has to be rushed to the ER for emergency treatment. I want to know how the hell did she pull that off? Like, it's one thing to dupe like people, like just, right. It's Mm -hmm. another thing to dupe medical professionals. Sarah, how was she doing that? So that's a great question. Are you, are you ready for this? I maybe not, but like that to me is because it's like, it's insane. Yeah. Like this, so this is what I need. That's what where I'm at. Like I'm taking the side right now that like, I get it. I understand that someone could get so caught up in the medical system that number one, they have to travel for services and treatment. And number two, they might be desperate enough to file for bankruptcy and ask people for donations. I mm-hmm. sympathize and I get that. What I do not understand, and again, maybe just because I've spent a lot of time like with medical professionals, with Tom, how the hell did she dupe medical professionals? Yeah. Well, so let's get into it. So <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into it. So how did this go terribly wrong? Well, so in 2015, an anonymous tip was sent to our friend Nancy, which would Nancy, lead Nancy. What, no, sorry, Nancy, sorry. like, sorry, you need to pause on Nancy for a minute and give her what she's due, which is a standing ovation. Nancy, girl, call a me. Standing call ovation. Me, this, Nancy, I love you. Remember, remember when I said I wanted to be a journalist, like all those years I ago. <laughs> I wanted to be Nancy. <laughs> I, know you, I know you did. I know Nancy you is my spirit animal. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be her so bad because Nancy yes. really does the fucking work here. So oh, she yeah. spends eight years, eight on years, this. guys, <laughs> eight years trying to figure this out. To this day, it is still unknown who sent the tip to Nancy. I have a hot take on this. I think it was Lisa. Shut up, you do. Mm-hmm. I think it's Alita. So Alita is a very close second for me. Yeah. I think it was my girl Alita. And again, fucking up here doing the work. Alita, call me for a drink. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So as soon as Nancy started looking into this, she knew there were some major red flags that absolutely no one was talking about. So let's get into some of the red flags. Nancy's quoted as saying that she looked at the blog um, and there were a lot of inconsistencies. So treatments that were not available at home at one point. Amanda was saying that she was um, admitted into this trial and they let her do the injections herself at home. Yes, that's right. The the chemotherapy injections at home, like infusions. And again, like I feel like a broken record, but as someone who has spent a lot of time in the medical system, Tom can't even get them to let him take like a Band-Aid home. Like the idea that someone could do an infusion by themselves at home is mind-boggling to me. (laughs) I mean, like, it's just unreal, right? So Nancy's like, okay, well, now I have to go through the last three years of this blog and research every single thing that's claimed in here. And she did. I love it. Every picture Amanda posted from the hospital 
Nancy would like zoom in with like bioptic zoom skills. And like Amanda would say that she was at Columbia getting a treatment. Right. And Nancy was like, but like her emergency room bracelet said NYU, which is like clear, like clear across town. Right. Right. Medical equipment like could not be verified by the hospitals. Right. You know, that were like in the pictures. Um, Nancy contacted Corey's ex-wife, Alita, who told her about all of the lies that the couple, you know, had claimed about her in court when they went through that nasty custody battle. Mm-hmm. Nancy contacted hospitals that Amanda claimed she was being treated at and spoke to them about procedures. Obviously, with patient confidentiality and HIPAA laws, like, the hospitals weren't coming out and saying, like, yes, she's a patient or no, she's not yes. a patient. Right. But – Nancy's so smart because she didn't ask those questions. She asked, does your hospital do X, Y, and Z procedure? Yeah. Does your hospital allow chemo patients to take their chemo home and like mix it up in their cocktail shaker and give it to yeah. themselves? Like, <laughs> do clinical trial patients get to do this shit at home? Do you know clinical trials have to be like so, so closely oh monitored? God. Like, I know. It's just so. Chemo oh, has to be so, so crazy. crazy. Like, what is wrong with you? What a stupid thing to write about. Right. And so again, like, you know, obviously with like patient confidentiality, like hospitals, they weren't giving out specifics, but they could confirm whether or not the details that she was talking about, like were true or not. So finally, by September of 2015, Nancy has enough evidence to go to the San Jose police and the internal revenue, uh, internal revenue service. Mm Mm-hmm. So Amanda finds out that like this investigation's going on. And she basically goes on this whole tear about how it's Alita was using yeah. Nancy to create this smear campaign against her. Like it's just awful. Again, this woman, for someone who's terminally ill, is in and out of court more times than any other human being I've ever yeah, known. Yeah, she's got a lot of stamina. But <laughs> yeah. So the police obviously, like, they look into this. They're like, what is going on here? They do the same, like, the same thing Nancy did. Everyone did their jobs here because in February of 2016, police confirmed an official investigation was underway. Girl, bye. By that September. uh, So by that September of 2016, they raided Amanda and Corey's house. Again, Amanda claims it was all orchestrated by Alita. Cops eventually managed to get confirmation from Amanda that she was, in fact, not a patient at one of the clinics that she said she was being treated at. But, like, lying is not a crime, right? It should be. How do you? It It should be. It should be. So, how do you prosecute this? Yeah, I know. It's fascinating. In the midst of all of this, Amanda decides to go on the offensive. And she issues a civil harassment claim against Nancy requesting a restraining order in an attempt to silence her. So think about, like, think about your Amanda in this situation. This whole house of cards that you've built, right? Like, you've done all of these things. And now all of a sudden, like, this journalist is poking around and your house is getting raided. Like, what do you do? Are you shitting yourself at this point? I am lying so low and causing so few waves and just praying they forget about me. What I am not doing is filing a civil suit against the person looking into me. Right? Yes. Well, and like, yeah, and smartly because after six months, again, in and out of court for this civil harassment thing, 
Um, a judge refuses Amanda's request, stating, like, Nancy's covered under freedom of press. Right. And he, the judge in that case, strongly, it's because Amanda's, uh, like, attorneys were like, well, we're going to appeal this. And the judge was like, listen, I'm going to strongly urge you that if you appeal this, just know, like, you guys better have documentation, like, proving all of, like, your stuff. Because right. if you appeal this, like, Nancy's, Nancy's lawyers and attorneys... They will come after you and they will come after you hard. So, like, I strongly urge you not to appeal. Right. And they didn't. So, good. So, back to our investigation. So, there's obviously no paper trail, right, to show that she spent cash donations, you know, on something other than treatments. Right. So, instead, investigators concentrated on obtaining evidence that money donated online was transferred to her personal accounts and spent Mm -hmm. on living expenses and travel rather than treatment. Guys, do like, not fuck around with like wire transfers. Like, okay, I feel yeah. like I feel the same way about wire transfers that I do about like the US Postal Service. Guys, if you fuck with someone's mail, it's like a felony. Like yeah. you know, if you like commit a crime via mail, it's a felony and they'll lock you away forever. It's the same with like wire transfers. If you do something even a little bit shady with a wire transfer, they will fucking get you. Like, do not. Do not mess around with this. No. Never. So by July 2020, they had the proof that they needed. So here's what they found. Amanda was taking – so that remember that little donate now button on her blog? Yeah. So that money was just going to her personal account. Oh my God. And she was spending it on like living expenses. She was, you know, remember, she's in and out of court constantly. How are they paying for that? Right. Right? Yeah. How are they paying for like any of their – livelihood at this point this it was so all through up. like all of the donations that she was receiving right uh, Corey got a brand new truck one year i mean where did that come from obviously right so amanda was charged with one count of wire fraud and one count of falsifying information in court documents um that was presented at that earlier bankruptcy hearing remember where they right so bye yeah so she's done so she initially pleaded not guilty. Changed oh her plea a year later when like they were able to produce documents that said like she did not have cancer. Right. So you're wondering how did she do this? I how the hell did she do this? So she would habitually like she would do this on like like an every other day basis. She would walk into a hospital mm-hmm. or would fake an illness or an injury, go in through the ER okay. and get admitted where she would just take endless photos of herself hooked up to the fuck an IV and would just recirculate and repost those pictures on her blog. Okay. She bought medical equipment such as IV lines and oxygen masks to use as props. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Who has my first thought is who has the money to be going to ERs every week? <laughs> right? Oh I mean, like yeah. wow. So she was ultimately sentenced to five years in jail. I have to say, I think that's a lot. It's a lot, right? It's a I lot. was a little surprised by that this too. Is, this is what I'm telling you. US Postal Service and wire transfers. Do not fuck around. 
<laughs> yeah. There were 350 um, victim, like, wow, victims in this. Yeah. And she was forced to pay restitution for what she had taken, which was a hun- over $105,000. So she had to pay mm. all that back. So that's my other question is like, where did she get the money to pay that back? At? Yeah. Where did you, I mean, they might've like taken her house or, you know, you can like seize assets. assets. Well, yeah. interesting. You say that because the family ends up moving to like right outside of Austin, Texas. Hmm. After she pleads guilty, Emily, th- th- listen to this. She pleads guilty in this, right? Yeah. She, they move to Austin, Texas and she is found in Austin, in, in Texas doing the same <gasps> exact fucking thing. After she pled guilty. What? Wait, I feel Mm -hmm. like, did I like miss one episode of Scamanda? I'm not sure I knew this. What? Yes. So there is, so, so Nancy, our fucking girl, Nancy, who, God damn it, Nancy. Nancy gets like this email or like this, like someone had like commented on like her, when her story came out. Yeah. That they saw Amanda at four different hospitals in Texas claiming to be claiming to have cancer and be sick. No. And yes. Yes. Now, no. Texas, who who knew this? Texas actually has like a central database and they were able to flag her. California, where all of this happened, does not. Interesting. So the, so they're able to flag her like in you know, their yeah, big hospital yeah, yeah, database. Yeah. So that if she comes in, like you you know, they can't they like flagger. It's like, oh, this, I, this, I like, wonder if that came about from like um, op- the opioid epidemic, right? Like people coming into ERs looking for opioid. Yeah. Right. Like I've probably heard of, I've heard of that before where like you can be flagged so that they know like if you come in saying your back hurts. Like, well, so um, do you remember? Um, did you ever listen to Dr. Death? Yes, of course. So that all happened in Texas. So he was, and I'm wondering if that's where Texas like got it from because the hospitals were being sued left and right Right. for malpractice. Okay. All of this is great, but Sarah, you know, we have to talk about Corey, the husband. Okay. So although Corey had previously told custody courts that he'd attended all of Amanda's chemo treatments, he has faced no charges. Now, legally, I can understand why. Can you? Kind of. He, like, it wasn't his bank account. It was Amanda's personal bank account. So so legally, they only got her on wire fraud and, like, falsifying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, now, it would be a lot harder for a prosecutor to prosecute Corey than it was to prosecute Amanda. Because all Corey's defense attorney would have to say is, well, he had no idea. Like, she duped him. Yes. Just like she duped all 350 of these other victims. Corey's a victim in this. Okay. Now, but I – so this is the – right? This is what I have to know. And, like, I don't know. Maybe – I don't know if this is your, like, take a side stance for the end of this episode. But, like, I need you to take a side on this. Did Corey know? I mean, I don't know how he couldn't have known. I agree. I agree 100%. How could you not know that? Uh, and again, I, I, I'm a broken record again. Uh, as the spouse of someone with a complex chronicle, chronicle, chronic chronicle. medical illness, <laughs> yes. there is absolutely no freaking way to 
live in the same house, share a home, share children, share finances with someone and not know what's going on. I'm sorry. There's just not. Right. So this is sort of where I wanted this to go. And I know like we sort of jumped around a lot in like the research, but like, honestly, you guys stuck with me through just me being like rage typing notes. So this is where I kind of wanted like us to have our discussion is like, what do you think? Like, how does someone do this? So and like, this is, yeah, like, like, I can't, I can't tell me what you finish think. because I'm like so annoyed here. Okay. Here's what I have a hard time understanding. What did she get out of this? Like, I understand there's money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that much money. Like a hundred thousand dollars. That's like a decent salary, a, like a yearly right. salary. Right. Like, so to me, like. It has to be more than the money. What is this? Is this some kind of like Munchausen's syndrome? Like it has to be, right? This to, to you me, know, to me, this is not just about the money. No, I think obviously the you know the perks she was getting, you know the the being on stage at church and the, you know, being sub- somewhat of a cel- local celebrity. Right. Um, and the, and just the perks that come along with that, right. You know, free tickets to San Jose sharks games and like, you know, events held in your honor and like, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's what makes me so mad is she was like preying on the good nature of people. Well, but like, don't you think that would be exhausting after a while? Like, I think about that with this, like, you know, she's yeah. flying back and forth from New York multiple times a month. I'm like, at some point, wouldn't she be like, oh, I'm fucking tired. I'm tired of pretending to have cancer. This sucks. Like, I mean, right? So she's driven yeah. by something. I think it's attention seeking behavior. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. It's It's mentioned a few times that like there were some traumatic events in her past that probably contributed to her mental state and like I, I don't you know me like I, I I normally hold space for that yeah I can't hold space for someone who preyed on the good nature of hundreds of people and like took resources away from people yeah. who were really sick that's the other thing too like you know it really irks me when people do things like this when they when they intentionally mislead people to believe something yes that isn't true but that still happens to other people because you're totally diminishing yes everything that happens to other people and i just like that that to me is more of a crime than the money part of it the I, money part yes. to me is like you know you know you got duped and that sucks and it's yeah and like wire fraud absolutely like all of that but like you know if i'm gonna if i'm gonna play devil's advocate like you donated because like for a good cause like you donated knowing like that money was out of your pocket yes yes to me like the 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 crime that isn't actually a crime but it like should be a crime (laughs) a crime of it all (laughs) is like is what she you know yeah, she took resources away from people who actually needed it. She she lied about a very serious, very devastating, very horrifying thing that happens to people. 
Right. And she used it to her gain, to her advantage. It's like that woman that lied about 9-11. Do you remember what, ta- yes, what Tanya exactly had, that. Tanya Heard, whatever yes. her name was. And because she, are you going to be the person who says you, exactly. weren't, you weren't in a tower? Exactly. Yes. Right? Oh, shit. Am I going to have to do that this next week? I might. This might just be like our scam month. Um, this is the month of scams? The month of scams. Right? But like... here's where I get stuck though. Her two little boys, how the fuck do you do this to your children? Yeah. How do those little boys grew up thinking their mom was dying? Dying. How do you do that to your children? I'm going to be really brutally honest here. Like, I don't think she gave a fuck about her kids. No, she, no. Number one, Jessa was watching them all the time. Like Jessa and like, she's, she's, she is, plays a big part in the, the Scamanda podcast, but like she, you know, she would say like, well, Amanda was in her room all the time. Like right. I took care of those boys from the time I got home to the time they went to bed. Right. And she's like middle school, high school age here. Right. See, and that's like, like what makes me sick. Is it like, how do you do that to your children? You let your children think you're dying. What the f- S is wrong with you. Like, right. But, but, okay. I do think we have to hold some space for the, for the fact that she is most likely very mentally ill. Yeah. I mean, you probably. Don't, you don't care. I don't care. I, again, like, yes. And normally, like, I know. Normally, like, you, yes, I know. Outside of me being angry, yes, I do hold a very small space for that. But, like, I see, but, but, she caused mental angst yes to over 300 people she hurt people she hurt people and like hurt people hurt people maybe Uh, that's fine i can understand that argument but i don't know i like i have a tough time holding space for this person because i think she's a narcissistic selfish brat and then corey do oh I, I have questions for Corey. I need Corey to come forward. He so he and 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 his boys live in in Austin, Texas. Mm. Um, there really hasn't been much out about him. I mean, I cannot imagine. You know, the other thing too, like you talk about the kids. Like, I mean, this shit's like gonna live on the internet forever. I know it's horrible. It's horrible. You know, I can't imagine ever repairing a relationship with a parent who deceived me in that way. It's horrible. Right? Horrible. Oh, yeah. God. Well, all right. Well, this one's yay sucked. <laughs> no, I Sarah. I did. I was just angry oh. through so well, much of it. Um, we're back recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it's there not that I didn't like it. I was just really angry. I thought this was really good. I like that, like how timely this is. I feel like we rarely talk about things like <laughs> in a timely manner. Um, yeah. and guys, obviously if you haven't listened to Scamanda, this is your little like God wing to go listen to it. Cause yeah. it's very good. So this was like the summer of Scamanda. Um, they came yes. out in May of this year. Um, the podcast did so highly recommend it. Um, I really liked it. I didn't, um, I tried to do it justice here. Um, but I would definitely go listen to, um, to them. I got a lot of, um, good information from that podcast. Um, I think the host Charlie did a phenomenal job. Um, 
No, you did. You so. did great. This was really interesting. Um, uh, I think I just mainly I'm, wanted to rage to you about it. I know that's what I mean. This see, and this is what like I like about this one is this is very reminiscent of like why we started this podcast, which is like we just like to rage about like yeah. terrible true crime cases to one another. So a hundred percent. you did an amazing job. This was great. Um, Thank and you. And if people want to write in to tell you how great you did, how would they do mm-hmm. that? Um, so they can reach me on Instagram. Sisters take a side underscore podcast. Or you could try emailing us. I mean, don't do that, I guess. At sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com. Um we're we need to get someone to check our email in. Okay. Well, when our ad makes a million dollars, I'll hire someone to <laughs> fine. Um okay, well, so what are we doing next week? You tell me, girl. Oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> this wasn't me i know i'm sorry we're recording like back to back to back to back because we're going on vacation we are here soon so we're and we're trying to make sure we don't finally miss a week for you guys i know um so what am i gonna do i don't know um you had some thought do we um have a listener question this week oh shit it was my responsibility to get those (laughs) questions um no it wasn't i think it was mine and i I do not have a listener question for okay. this week. Um, I will say, though, we got some really nice feedback about having John on the podcast last we week. We did. So, you guys, thanks so much for loving our brother like we do. Yeah. Um, John's great. John, thanks for coming <laughs> on the show. Hope to have you back soon. So, no, I don't have a listener question, but we did get listener feedback that they liked having John on the show. So, yeah. I have a um, host question. Okay, fantastic. Um, what are you most excited about about vacation? I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. Oh, when here you, we go. When you have children, vacation is just a trip. <laughs> vacation is just parenting your children in a space that is not your home without all the things that you use to parent your child at home. So, what am I excited about? <laughs> um, you know what I'm excited about is um, hanging out with you and with Mike and Liz and, like, everyone else who's going to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm excited to take the kids in the pool. They're going to love that and down to the beach. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are you excited about? I mean, I'm, like, literally excited about the whole thing. There's not a piece I of know. it I'm not excited about. I know. So... <laughs> I, I'm excited. So Mike, whenever we go on, we take this trip every year and Mike calls it the big V. The big, the big V. Vacation. Oh my God. I'm so <laughs> excited to just hear dad say all week. We're on the big V. On the big V. So, did you just um, throw your arms in the air like I did? I did. I did. So yeah, next week when you guys are listening to this, yeah, next week we will be, we'll be on the big V, but not to worry. We will still have an episode come out. Um, yeah. So, you know, stick around. Yeah, hang around for that, guys. <laughs> okay, well, this was titillating. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm wrapping us here. Uh, we this is go. Emily. And this is Sarah. <laughs> and this is Sisters Take a Side.